Hi, everybody. This is Talking Digital Industries, the podcast for technologies and trends that drive industrial enterprises. And I'm your host, Chris Brown. Now, today's episode is all about surfing, a real feel-good topic. It definitely gets me in a good mood. And surfing has become increasingly popular over the last years, but unfortunately, you can't surf everywhere. I know what I'm talking about. Now, you are highly dependent on wind and weather conditions and, of course, living close to the sea. But digitalization and technology is changing all of that. So maybe some of you spent the summer holidays at the ocean. Maybe some of you learned to surf. I've been surfing for about two years now, which is uh, why I'm really looking forward to today's guests. Now, on the one side, we have a surfing enthusiast who has been searching for the perfect wave for almost 40 years. He's the founder and CEO of Surflock, a company from California, which is creating the perfect waves with the help of digitalization. He's also considered the godfather of artificial surfing. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Tom Lochtefeld. Tom, great to have you with us. Well, thank you very much. Good to be here. Also with us today is the Director of Digital Enterprise at Siemens Digital Industry Software, Thomas Tengen. Thomas, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to the conversation. Okay. Now we have two Toms here in our podcast, so we're going to make it a bit easier for our listeners. Tom Lochtefeld, you'll go as Tom, and uh, Thomas Tengen, you'll just go as Thomas. All right? That okay? Perfect. Sounds good. So, Tom, before we actually talk about how you create the perfect ocean waves, I'd like to know how did you get into surfing and what makes surfing so special to you? Well, I you know, grew up on the San Diego coast and uh, started surfing when I was probably full time when I was 10 years old. Uh-huh. So, you know, I've really had a passion for it my whole life. And I think it was uh, I had an opportunity when I sold one of my businesses way back. And then you get these windows of time where you get to choose what you want to do if, you know, you hit a little nest egg. And so I decided to uh, focus and develop a surfing attraction, Mm -hmm. which was driven by my love for the ocean and understanding that experience wasn't being shared. And so I wanted to kind of figure out how to do both in a business context. And so that's how it all started way back, you know, probably years ago. What makes surfing so special for you besides the love, you know, for the ocean? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I think, you know, one is just the intensity of that, what it's like to take the drop, carve a turn. You know, matter of fact, I was just reading this thing from Andrew Urun, who's a, he's a professor at Stanford, mm-hmm. and he was saying the, all the serotonins and the brain chemistry that's involved in kind of side to side, you know, call it this motion is just so addicting that, uh, and it's very healthy for you. So combine <laughs> the two together, and uh, I don't think there's a better reason why not to. Good point, for sure. How about you, Thomas? Uh, you also surf? Well, I like to think that I surf, but my friends uh, probably would say that I'm not very good. I I actually went to college in Hawaii, graduated from the University of Hawaii and spent many years very close to some of the best uh, surfing beaches in the world. And I did dabble in it. I called dabbling in it maybe a couple times a month, but I never really got to an expert level like Tom. Okay. Is there is there like an official definition for like, let's say an untalented surfer like I am? 
<laughs> Not sure if I can uh, quantify that, but I would say that uh, depending on the wave conditions, it's very likely if they were over five feet tall, I wasn't out there. But I did enjoy the sport immensely and really enjoyed working with Tom on the tech to produce uh, digital waves. <laughs> That's what we're going to be talking about today. So first of all, thanks for your insights. Um, Tom, your vision of creating the perfect surf wave is really interesting. And looking back at what I learned in school, I always thought that ocean waves you know, are formed by wind and currents, maybe even a bit of influence by the moon. So how do you create a wave in a pool? Yeah, the way we create a wave in the pool is we, we use air pressure as, call it the mechanism, the driving force. And we have these, what are called caissons, mm -hmm. which are chambers quite large, you know, that on the deep end of the pool, they communicate at the bottom near the, right at the floor of the pool, they have an opening. Mm -hmm. And that allows us when we pressurize the air to create a up and down motion in this caisson, which results into energy being, you know, water being pushed out in a certain, let's call it speed and volume mm -hmm. into the pool. And by doing so, we create waves, but it's very precise. When you talk about very precise, you actually design waves, right? You, you don't just create them, you can design waves. How do you do that? Yeah, exactly. It's a function of being able to shape that wave over time in that capability to control that shape versus just, you know, pushing a water, like throwing a stone in a pool. I mean, that's very, yeah, it'll make a wave, but it, but, mm -hmm. but it doesn't give anything that a surfer would really want. But is that more like how you started off when you started creating waves? 20, 30 years ago, the knowledge base wasn't there and it took our ability to get computers and the speed and the, cost in a very reasonable time frame has only happened in the past 10 years that then allowed us to create what are the simulations where we are now and the actual modeling. So that took a while. So uh, Tom just mentioned simulation already, and this is often mentioned in one breath alongside uh, digital twins. And we've talked about digital twins quite a bit on this podcast. So maybe you can say, what is the difference between a digital twin and a simulation? Well, I don't know if I would say um, if difference is the right word. Really, a simulation is part and parcel and an important element of the digital twin. Okay. Um, when Tom talks about his product, what he's creating as opposed to a mobile phone or a car or a flying vehicle, his product is a wave. Mm -hmm. And that wave is a shape of water that produces uh, entertainment for his customers. And the simulations basically are a part of the entire digital twin that provide the virtual representation and validation of what's actually happening with that water. So his end product is the wave. Uh, he talked about the caissons, which is the manipulation and the augmentation of the air and the water column uh, behind the wall. Mm -hmm. And basically the simulations make sure that everything that has to happen to that fluid or to that air um, are happening properly and we verify and validate that so that before you build and spend millions of dollars building a surf pool, you know that it's producing the wave that's desired by, by Tom's customers. 
That sounds amazing. And you can check out more about this on the surflock.com website, by the way, to see how that actually works. Just uh, for our viewers, um, you know, if they're interested after the podcast, really check that. It's absolutely amazing. But Tom, were you aware of the difference between, let's say, simulation and digital twin when you started the project? It was a process for the knowledge base of where we are now. Mm -hmm. The key factor for us is having not only a capability of, on one hand, modeling a wave and getting that simulation of the wave to be the perfect wave that we want for a given application, but also that how you create it relative to the bathymetry, mm -hmm. the actual speed and volumes relative to the mechanisms, you know, the machinery that we use in terms of the pneumatic blowers. And then ultimately we validate and make sure that we have one-to-one -one correspondence. Mm -hmm. And that is the, the trick, you know, is when you, when you know that you have that one-to-one -one correspondence between the real world mm -hmm. and your digital twin, well, now you've got value because now you can go off and start experimenting and playing with our digital side, which is a lot less expensive than building a big pool, as you can imagine. I can imagine. So what has that enabled you to do, though, in the end? Well, it allows us to create you know, a number of things. One, the commercial viability of understanding what the size, you know, which translates then to the capital cost mm -hmm. of the pool is, is significant in terms of also then the performance parameters of that wave and what the client wants. And so for us, it's just the perfect, absolute perfect tool to enable us to then quickly you know, iterate mm -hmm. and, and come up with the solutions that then allow us to do business. So it's basically, you can come over and basically order your perfect wave. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like going to a fast food restaurant saying, hey, I like the hamburger, but I, but I want this and I don't want that and I want this and I want a bit more of that. It's basically the same, right? Exactly. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I'd like to add on to something that Tom said, which is really something that's really come out of the partnership between Siemens and Surflock. And mm -hmm. and he's talking about uh, commercialization and viability, you know, looking at can we produce the wave that his customers desire? And if we can produce it, uh, is it going to be economically feasible? Some of the things that we're discovering together in our partnership is there are a lot of digital twin capability we're providing along with simulations that allow us to analyze, let's call it the duty cycle of his wave profile for his customer throughout the day mm -hmm. and how much energy is gonna be required for all the equipment. And there's a ton of equipment, motors and drives and, and blowers that are behind the concrete wall that the surfer doesn't ever see. Mm -hmm. And what we're working on together is making sure that we can simulate the energy needs and make sure we can manage it by providing enough battery power, providing enough renewable energy options, as well as attaching to the grid mm -hmm. um, that save the customer money and make sure it's economically feasible. Absolutely. I was about to talk about efficiency, right? And maybe even, I don't know if, if predictive maintenance might also play a role in this. Can you basically predict, I don't know, if the part is about to, I don't know, you know, wear and tear and replace it? Yeah, I can speak to that, Chris. Yeah. 
you know, that was actually one of the main reasons, you know, we also went with Siemens is we hook up sensors to all of our equipment Mm -hmm. and we, you know, get all the heat or vibration and torque and put that through what we call, you know, the Siemens has another software package called MindSphere Mm -hmm. that allows us to create these database, basically a screen profile for every single one of our clients, which lets us know in advance based on Siemens track record of their motors and their, their servos, you know, how we could monitor this and predictively opt to uh, be successful. So this might be new for the surf world, right? But the digital twin has been around for some time. Now, for those listeners out there who've never heard about a digital twin, Thomas, maybe you can give us a glimpse of where else digital twins are, um, you know, where you apply this concept of the digital twin. Yeah, the digital twin is being applied all over um, almost every industry, whether it's electronics, whether it's aerospace and defense or automotive. I would say there are very few things out there that that probably can't uh, be digitalized. And take, for instance, autonomous driving. You know, nobody would have thought years ago that you would be able to create cities and trees and curbs and buildings and people pedestrians walking around cities and then create very advanced uh, models of cars and vehicles with LIDAR and radar and be able to use those to basically replace physical cars driving around with sensors on them to be able to simulate the necessary amount of driving to create an autonomous uh, driving autonomous vehicle world at the proper levels to be safe so that you can basically simulate autonomous vehicles driving throughout virtual cities and crash into buildings and crash into other cars, run red lights, hit people, and you're never putting anybody in danger because you're doing it all in computer simulation. In aerospace and defense, um, you know, computational fluid analysis of wing designs and uh, mechanical or uh, behavioral modeling of complex systems like landing gears, Digital twins of those systems are being created regularly now, and they're used to make sure that the execution of the function of that system are being validated before you ever build the first prototype. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From our perspective on that and how it worked, you know, Surflock, we start with physical models. And, you know, we usually build out in one-tenth scale for our fluid because that translates perfectly. Mm-hmm. Each one of those models costs hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. So what we did is we then figured, well, this digital side is is we got to take a serious look at it because that would be able to reduce our modeling costs and allow us to iterate uh, in a faster way. Mm-hmm. So we then went back, did the digital twin. Then we went ahead and validate that against our models, and that allowed us then to create these extremely reliable digital world that then that scales up perfectly to be able to build our surf pools. So is the outcome even better than building a real model? It is. You know, it's one of these deals where it allows us to create waves that you can't create in nature. Right. And then based on that, if it's something that we see has a market, it allows us to then go ahead and know that it's definitely a pathway we want to follow, which then if we want to just double check to make sure that, you know, we're not going to 
totally blow it. We'll build it in, you know, a one-tenth scale a mile again if we got a client who's a little bit nervous. And especially if you're going, I mean, you're basically a, a fairly small company, but you operate globally, right? So this is also one of the main advantages, right? Exactly. And that's why we, once again, why we chose Siemens. I have a personal, call it, love of just keeping things small and knowing all my staff. And there's no, I don't have any desire to go big. But on the other hand, we sell around the world. And that's why Siemens is the perfect partner for us, because they have a global reach, global maintenance, capability of sourcing from multiple continents on manufacturing and, and you know, having backups. Mm -hmm. So for us, no, it's the absolute solution is Siemens. So are there any prerequisites like to be able to benefit from creating a digital twin of your enterprise or your products? Or can anybody just start? Thomas, you want to go for that? Uh, not really. I mean, it really takes the know-how from people like Tom Lochtefeld and his team to give us input. Uh, the experience that they've had in building these prototypes, we can then take that and translate it into input for our modeling process mm -hmm. and the boundary conditions that we use to run our simulations. Um, we've been recently working on a project where we're looking at some of the machinery that go inside the caissons with some new technology that Thomas thought through to make the creation of the wave pulse more efficient. And we've been able to work through some really interesting optimization processes to look at the best design, the best blade design, the mathematical models that are going to produce the best outcome, which I think is extremely cost-saving and time-saving to Tom and his team because we're able to run through critical performance elements to match the desired outcome and modifying a number of parameters all at the same time to be able to converge on the best uh, design. And we could take that recommendation, feed it right into the Surflock team so they can you know, rapidly converge on the best outcome. Right. If I can add to that, Thomas, is we, you know, from Surflock perspective, you know, as Thomas was describing relative to the actual machinery that we use to create the wave and how we can tap into Siemens engineering capabilities with heats and, and all the different technologies that Siemens has to help us design and build these in the most efficient and cost-effective mm -hmm. way. But on top of that, then when it gets out to the actual venue, when we have the pool, then we use all the monitoring of the pool because if we've got to maintain that system, mm -hmm. well, there's other factors outside of us, such as the water quality and pH and the chlorine. And so we monitor all that as well. And by doing so, that helps us, you know, in terms of our maintenance and our warranty to be able to make sure that the client is doing the right thing. Right. And if there's any default there, then we can, so to speak, you know, have a reason to be able to explain to the client what, you know, why, you know, there might be an issue. But in one other area that we're actually been, it's kind of this just recent, is when we go beyond, you know, our sites, one of the biggest issues we have for, for Surflock is power. Mm -hmm. Because we're up in the multiple megawatts that are required and given the environmental concerns and global warming and, and, you know, how we market ourselves, we've really tapped into Siemens capabilities relative to, you know, energy management at the venue, as well as, you know, kind of the actual, the 
with the park and microgrids and mm -hmm. our capability of doing building management and heating and air conditioning. I mean, it just goes on and on. <laughs> yeah, I, you can't have a better partner than Siemens when you do the type of work we do. Sounds absolutely convincing there. Talking about, once again, the benefits of, of having an operational digital twin, especially when you're operating on a global scale, you know? I mean, you're out to change the entire surfing industry, if I'm informed correctly, right? This is basically your vision, right? Exactly. Yeah, design and create the perfect wave basically everywhere. But where do you go from here then? Like, what's next for SurfLock? Well, I mean, our goal is first getting the products out there and then targeting the different business models that we've identified and applying everything that we learned and how we, you know, for example, we have private pools. We've got these different resort models. We've got mm -hmm. club member models. There's quite a few opportunities that are totally different businesses that we're looking at, but each one of them has as their backbone, you know, what we're doing with Siemens. So that's the beauty of the whole program. You know, it's just like we got one underlying infrastructure, but we can peel out to multiple businesses. Anything planned in Germany? We're, <laughs> we definitely have things planned in Germany. Just hold on. We'll be there shortly. <laughs> Matter of fact, let's get Siemens over there to help us out. That'd be so cool. I definitely, I'd be the first one to sign up for a membership. That's, that's for sure. Um, so what do you say, Thomas? How will the comprehensive digital twin shape our future? Well, especially as it applies to SurfLock, one of the cool things is SurfLock is a factory. Uh, they're producing pools that are factories. They're wave mm -hmm. factories. So while the end product isn't that physical product, like I mentioned before, you know, a mobile phone or a car, the wave is the end product. But behind that concrete is an entire factory. And what a lot of people think of when they think of a digital twin is the digital twin of the end product. And they don't really think of the digital twin of the factory. And we at Siemens really believe that especially SurfLock is a great example of digitalizing your factory floor, whether it's the drives and the motors, whether it's the blowers, whether it's the sound, uh, the electrical power, all these things, just like in a factory that's creating cars on an assembly line, all those things come into the digital twin of the production. Mm -hmm. And we think that this partnership has produced really a great realization for the world to see how you can use the comprehensive digital twin in order to really predict, verify, and validate everything that's going on in your factory so that you can stop um, end, you know, downtimes that are unpredicted, um, run out of materials that are feeding your production lines. All those things are types of things that are being simulated by what we do with SurfLock. And I think it's a great example of the comprehensive digital twin. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that. And, and looking at the time, I think we have to finish up here. And I think you two have the whole day uh, ahead of you, right? I mean, you in California over there, uh, you guys have any plans to go surfing later? Yeah, actually, I'm heading up to... Uh... Go check out the surf. They got the finals today in, in oh yeah yeah in Trestles up in Orange County right by right by Tom's house and uh, I'm gonna go up and check out uh, you know all the top players there. They're so absolutely and the waves are pumping. I mean right now you can go to some of the standout Southwell spots and it's upwards of ten foot. So uh, we're definitely going. Man, I'm jealous. How about you, Thomas? You gonna join? 
Um, probably not today, but Tom and I, and Tom's promised me that um, because of the partnership and all the work that we've done together, someday he's going to teach me to be a real surfer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get back to you on that for sure. We'll, we'll be watching. So um, I hope Tom and Thomas, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I had a great time talking to you. I hope our listeners did also. I hope I didn't promise too much. And uh, yeah, so if I'd invite you again, would you come back to the podcast? Absolutely. Count me in. <laughs> All right. Continued success and stay healthy, stay safe, everybody. And I hope our listeners once again had as much fun talking about digital twins and surfing as I did. And if you want to know more about Surflock's story, you should check out www.cements.com slash Surflock. And of course, stay tuned for our next episode. So once again, this is Talking Digital Industries. I'm Chris Brow. I'm out. I'm not going to catch a wave, but hopefully soon again. See you then. Bye-bye.